You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Kids Church, and thank you for those that serve in that ministry and uh, love on our on our little ones and probably had a whole lot of candy this week, no doubt. So hopefully they can jump some of that out in in, in the bounce house. I'm looking forward to uh, next week getting getting back into our kind of our verse by verse study through. Uh, the book of Mark. It's been it, 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 it's been a little over a month since we've uh, been in that text. The last couple weeks, we've kind of spoken into the topic of culture, kind of the race war, and uh, how we as a church can combat that. And uh, I, I'm so thankful. I like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians one. I, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. When I think of our church and just the diversity and the love uh, that we have in this place, is nothing short of amazing. But I found myself early this week doing a word study on the idea of kind of gratitude, things like that. And uh, I found myself being heavily challenged uh, just with, uh, with the idea. And so I desired again to preach a different type of message for, for me, at least in uh, the style in which I like to, uh, to teach and preach. Uh, but I've entitled the message this this morning, Simply say thank you. Simply say thank you. Uh, We are in the season that we call the holidays, right? And many Americans find themselves kind of seesawing between gratitude. We've already kind of gotten all the ads for Black Friday and what are the things that we want to we want to buy, but the day before we want to be thankful and maybe even the morning and afternoon before because now what they start you start shopping even on Thanksgiving night and so there's this seesaw sometimes in the area of gratitude in the midst of the hustle and bustle of the holidays there's subtle exhortations calling us to be thankful while others call us to be thankless we watch ourselves rock back and forth between gratefulness and criticism between contentedness as well as dissatisfaction. The American holiday season seems to be broken because such a season has virtually no bearing on how our society lives the other 10 months out of the year. Social media seems to be filled not with gratefulness, but with animosity, hostility, divisiveness, impatience, critique, and so on and so forth. But you and I, You and I as believers, you and I have gathered here as this local body of Christ here that is made up, uh, that that we call ourselves Redwood Baptist Church, we've got to realize some things. We've got to have a different, um, different understanding than the world around us, and you and I need to be living in a way that is speaking truth and living truth. And so let me start off by saying, first of all, thankfulness was designed... By God. Thankfulness was designed by God. It goes much deeper than you and I might think. It's actually not a human idea at all. In fact, it was on the very 
creator mind, the creator God's mind, when He created. Let's see in 1 Timothy 4. It'll be up on the screen here. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times there shall depart from the faith, giving heed, excuse me, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Doesn't that kind of sound like the day in which we live? So I just kind of put that in there. But really, verse number 3, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. So the Apostle Paul is telling us that, that, that food was created by God and then immediately he goes on to be say every creature or every creation is what Paul is alluding to here, of God, it says that everything was created and he makes this massive theological claim in this text. And here's the claim. That God created corn on the cob, steak, pasta, cheeseburgers. Anybody hungry yet? Avocados. Turkey. Mm. mashed potatoes dare i say liver i mean yeah hey some of you like the liver and onions and whatever it is whatever floats your boat or spam or those different types of things actually i don't know if he created spam that might be like a mixture of things i love teasing mike about that ice cream for a specific purpose in mind that when received and enjoyed, obviously your body needs it, so obviously there's a, you know, a design with food also, but that everything enjoyed, that result would be thanksgiving flowing back to Him. Even the smallest of grape or the tangerine can lead a purpose-driven life. Who knew that baby carrots and barbecue ribs, man, I'm getting hungry, and escargot, had a grander purpose. But they do. So do sunsets. So do flowers. Rain. A nice light, nice night's sleep. Did you enjoy your extra hour? My body's like, no, nah, you're getting up no matter what. But the, it was supposed to be there, right? But they all do. Sunsets. God intended them to produce thanksgiving. I want this statement to, to resonate with you. Thankfulness is the God-designed follow-through to God-given blessing. Thankfulness is the God-designed. He created the concept. God-designed follow-through to God-given blessing. So you and I, savoring God's creation in sync with the Creator, right? Romans 1 talks about that. Hey, let's not, let's not eliminate the Creator. Oftentimes, I think we are thankful for things, but we doubt to be thankful to the One that gave us the things. Hey, hey, I'm thankful for my car. You ought to be. But I think sometimes we eliminate the two. 
We've got to be thankful to our Creator. So enjoying, savoring creation. Man, God, God designed for it to be that way, but you need to do so in sync with the Creator. It's one of the very best ways that you and I can bring glory to God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.15, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. And so the Bible tells me that everything in this universe was designed by and for the glory of God. That means this world, with all of its created pleasures, was not meant to celebrate me. It wasn't meant to celebrate you. No, the created glories of this world was designed to be a finger pointing and celebrating to the Creator. So in other words, I'm not at the center of this narrative. And yet often that's where we place ourselves. And on top of that, when you and I, when we, when we study the Gospel, the Gospel tells me, don't worry, I'm going to cook for you, so I'll just settle down, alright? The Gospel tells me that I'm not even a good person. In fact, I'm a wicked person. And the only thing that I deserve in this life is God's wrath. And man, Andrew has been spelling that out right in Ezekiel. God's wrath. So when you and I understand that, that the Gospel teaches that, that, that there's none good, there's none righteous, no, not one, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that we have all sinned, then you and I, when we understand that, that what we deserve is actually the wrath of God, what we deserve is actually hell in an eternity in fire, which is a place called hell, when we remember that, and that an act of outrageous grace, that God would turn His face and His mercy, and His kindness towards me. That every good thing in my life is an undeserved blessing than feelings of humility. Feelings of thankfulness will fill my heart. Rather than entitlement. Rather than disappointment. When we, when we understand how, how the Gospel paints us, and then the amazing grace that we find in Christ. It literally can produce in you and me a thankful and a humble heart. Instead of trying to exploit situations, locations, relationships in my life to serve me because I think that everything revolves around me, but instead when I get my eyes off myself and I see how God sees me in Christ, what will happen is, is I can now approach people and places with a servant's heart. I'll be so overwhelmed with gratitude at the sacrifice of Christ that my life will now be defined by similar sacrifice. It's a great way to live. It takes the monster in us. Remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And it, just, it takes the monster in us that Asaph kind of described himself with a lack of contentment within grass. Remember we talked about that. It takes that, 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 that brute, that beast within us, and it changes us into a humble, soft, thankful type of person when we're not looking to the creation to be the thing that satisfies us. Rather, the Creator, which then when it's the proper vertical way, man, you and I, we get to enjoy the things in this earth and you were meant to, my friend. But it was produced, it's to produce a thankfulness to your Creator. It's designed by God. 
It's not you and I coming up with an idea. Hmm, you know what? I ought to thank God. No, no, no. God, as He created, He knew that what, 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 should, what that should be is then a gratitude, a thankfulness to God. And so let me ask you a question. This is our kind of our second point here this morning. Simple message. Again, different type of message for me, at least, at least in my style. Number two, what does it mean to give thanks? So what does it mean to give thanks? Well, most of us, Christians or not, I mean, really even non-Christians, we, we, we know that we ought to be thankful. But then the question becomes, then how do we begin to work that thankfulness out in our lives to the praise and glory of God and His grace? Perhaps we should maybe go a little bit deeper. What does it mean to give thanks at all? Well, a quick search through the Bible shows that there are well over a hundred passages where you, see, where you read the words give thanks, grateful, thankfulness, thanksgiving. It's well over a hundred. But that's not what amazed me. The, the, the sheer amount of, uh, of, of text to study this week wasn't so amazing as it was what I found in a vast majority of them of what it means to express that gratefulness and thankfulness. Time and time again, the, the human biblical author that the Holy Spirit of God would move to write their different, uh, the, the, the different books that make up the Bible, they make the act of thanksgiving primarily something we say. Now there's too many examples for me to go through all of them. So what I want us to do is I kind of want to just do a cursory look through the Scripture and see some of these texts. And so they're just going to go right up on the screen here. First Chronicles 16.34 Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to Thy holy name and glory in Thy praise. 2 Chronicles 7.3 And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Ezra 3.11 And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because He is good, for His mercy endureth forever toward Israel. Nehemiah 12, verse 31, Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them, and they gave thanks, whereof one went on the right and the hand upon the wall toward the dung gate, the, the, the gate called dung there of, of, of Israel there in the temple. Two big old... Ah, Marquita's going to like this word. Two big old choirs to sing, to proclaim. Psalm 28, verse 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart gladly rejoiceth, and my song will I sing or I praise Him. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I Thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. But again, a, a verbalized prayer. Luke 2, 2, verse 38. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of Him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 16. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen at thy giving of thanks? seeing that he understood not what thou 
sayest. Revelation 11, and for the four and twenty elders which sat down before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O God, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And you could go on and on and on. We don't have the time. Literally, these phrases are literally in the Bible well over a hundred times. And so many of them is a verbal form of saying thank you. Now, of course, Scripture tells us of other ways humans can give thanks to God. His creation, for sure. There are thank offerings, uh, as I kind of did this search here, which are sacrifices that were, uh, you know, that, that, that were performed in the Old Testament. We're actually going to take a thank offering on the 10th and the 17th of this month. Kind of a, it's kind of a, a way of saying, God, thank you. And it's not necessarily a verbal. So, you know, you definitely see that in Scripture. 2 Chronicles 29, verse 31, Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourself unto the Lord. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. The act of bowing reverently before Christ's feet was considered thanksgiving in Luke 17, verse 16, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. We can give thanks in our hearts. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thanksgiving in your hearts to the Lord. When we honor God in our eating, Romans 14.6, He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth, thank, giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. So we can even eat and say thanks. Bring on the holiday cookies, right? Okay, all right. Well, hopefully some of you brought one of those today. But the point is that the most, most often the way to express gratitude and thanksgiving that we feel in our hearts is by voicing it. Perhaps it's through a song, through praying aloud, or simply making it public knowledge with our mouths that we are grateful. Voiced Voiced, voiced gratitude was a common expression of one's devotion and love for God in biblical times. And I believe it also should be a testimony of ours as well. Now I know that in my own life I often reflect on kind of the spirit of taking God's blessing, which whether that that blessing is spiritual or tangible, sometimes I take it for granted. I know that there's this great love for me I'm reminded of it often, but do I thank Him as much as I am reminded of it? Does the world know that I am grateful for what He has done for me? You and I, see, we can voice our gratitude in a myriad of different ways. A gratefulness to God for who He is, for what He has made us to be and what He has given us will lead to a holiday season that's loaded with much more than just food and football. And by the way, I like food and football. I apologize in advance when we, when we um, have the, 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 the jumper up. It is a, it's the Rams. I'm sorry about that, okay? I know, that's just super taboo. Please, nobody slash it. All right? Don't slash it. Because we're going to have to pay for it, all right? But I love food and football. But listen... If you and I have a heart that will verbalize 
gratitude and thanksgiving to the goodness of God and literally just the creation that was created for you and I to enjoy and to bless God through that, listen, it will revolutionize your next two months. So how do we practically? This is, this is different this morning. How do we practically express our gratitude to God the way that David did? You know, not many of us have poetic talent that he had. Even less of us can play the harp like he did. So what hope is there for you and I to voice our thanksgiving? Well, I just want to quickly, I just want to give you a couple ways that you can do in this season really and beyond your life. Just super simple things that you and I can kind of take the biblical admonishment that we hear in the text of how they, they verbalized their thanksgiving. Let me say first of all, praise a family and do not forget to praise. You know, too often prayer time in our lives, it morphs into a laundry list of things that we need help with. Now, you and I, we should make our requests made known unto God, right? Paul told us to do that. But there's more to prayer than just that. Prayer is chiefly an opportunity to praise. And you could do it verbally. I mean, you can gather your family or you can gather your friends and you get together and literally pray together and praise God for all of the wonderful things. Honestly, sometimes I can look back on a given week and it's a whole lot of asking. Right? And I got this need, I got this need, I need you to come through here, I need you to work in that person's life, I need you to work in my heart, my family. And yet if you and I will just cognitively say, hey, I am going to spend the first whatever amount of minutes that you're praying, and I am simply just going to adore and to praise God. What an opportunity. Christ in His prayer in, um, in Luke 11 and you know, Matthew 6, it talks about hallowed be thy name and he's praising his own Father. Praise took top place in his prayer and it should ours. Modeling this pattern of prayer for our children, it's an easy way to disciple them on how to be thankful. I, honestly, this next generation, they're kind of struggling with it. And so moms, dads, adults, whatever the case is, hey, listen, we can, we can disciple them by being individuals that verbalize our, pra- verbalize our praise simply through kind of family prayer or praying with friends or whatever the case is. And so, again, just a practical thing you guys can do. Let me give you another practical way. Share your testimony. And do not forget what God is doing in the present. Listen, stories are a profound way that we can communicate the goodness of God. And when you and I, when we we tell the stories of what God is doing in our lives to one another, it helps people feel thankful to God. But you and I, we're going to have to focus on the positives. You're going to have to say, hey, this is is what He's doing in my life right now. This is what He's teaching me right now. And so guess what it's going to take? It's going to take some time to think about it. What is he doing? How is he working in my family? How is he working in my life? How is he providing on the job front or whatever the case is? Because when you and I are aware of somebody else's story, it makes me a little bit more thankful. Man, my, again, my, my favorite time of the week, by far, Sunday mornings, by far, nothing even compares to it. But I love Wednesdays. And I love home group, and we all get in there, and we start talking, and we start eating, and we start doing all that, and just hearing what God is doing in your life, you know what it does? It makes me thankful to God. It just generates something in my own life. As you are being blessed, 
that it's just like, yes, God is so good. So share your testimony. A simple way to verbalize it. Well, Ryan, I, I'm, not the, you know, I'm, not the, I'm not the talkative type. Man, you see a massive pattern in Scripture of gratefulness, thanksgiving, praise in a verbal fashion. So ask God to help you with it. And then let me give you another super practical way. You ready? Sing and sing some more. Sing at church. Sing. Listen to the words. Can I get on like a two-second? Nah, maybe it's more than a two-second soapbox. Let me just get on something real quick here. Stop determining if you'd like mighty to save. And listen to the words. Internalize the words of an amazing song called Mighty to Save. Inter- in, intentionally sing them with us. Mike works so hard. I promise you, he works so hard throughout the week. He'll often find out, Pastor, what are you preaching on? Where's, where's God directing you? Obviously, it's a little bit easier when you're kind of going verse by verse through Mark. And so this one's kind of been kind of different for me. And so like, Pastor, what's, you know, what, what, what's going on in your heart? Where, where are we going? And he'll, he'll pick songs that sometimes they dovetail together. Intentionally sing with us. You know what it's doing? Verbalizing gratitude. Purchase some worship music and listen to it throughout the week. Seriously, I probably say, Ryan, this just, this just isn't my thing. I promise you, if you do it, on maybe a car ride or a car ride home or in different avenues. You know what it does? As you are putting these wonderful truths about who God is and what He has done for us in Jesus Christ, you're putting it on your heart. You're putting it in your mind. Guess what? It will then begin to come across your lips. Yesterday, we had some folks in our church helping us kind of set up for this, kind of doing a deep clean. And there was a song on my lips. Again, I'm I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect in this. I'm not. But yesterday, and, and some of you, you're, you're smiling at me right now because you know I kept singing this. I'm not going to sing it for you right now. But the song, this is Amazing Grace. You know, I just, I just kept singing it over and over and over again. Why? Because it was on my heart. What He's done for me, it administered to me. So sing. Ah, it's just not my thing. Ask God to help you to sing. It's a great practical way for you and I to let our praise and our gratitude and our thankfulness come off of our lips so others can hear it. You and I, we've got to remember that everything is God's gift. Under common grace, every person can enjoy a steak. Or better yet, a turkey meal this time of year. But only the Christian can turn that simple human enjoyment into deep, lasting gratitude see when god designed and created the world that's just simply common grace jesus tells us in the sermon of mind it, it rains on the just and the unjust the benefits of rain the beauty of rain all of that that's the just or the unjust so it's it, it's common grace but you know what it's a redeemed man or woman it's a redeemed christian that can take the common graces of this world and it can produce something in us that is so amazing that that gratitude does not just get enjoyed, which so much of the world just enjoys it. 
And that's how good God is. He just allows them to enjoy it. But it can do something into us that generates a lasting gratitude for what God has done and given to us. Every bite of a wonderful meal, every intricacy of creation, even a hug from a family member or friend, one truth abides for every single Christian, and it's found in James. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights, with which is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And the greatest of these perfect gifts, of course, is the salvation of our souls. The fact that God would see you and God would see me languishing in our sin, in our separation from Him, and God would send Jesus Christ to walk this earth, to literally be touched, in a sense, by just the, 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 the filth of this world, yet without sin, so that He could die on the cross and to pay for our sin. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. God told us that for the wages of sin is death. Jesus taking that place for us. The amazing gospel truths that we found in Jesus Christ. You know what it ought to do? It ought to cause a bursting of gratitude in your life and in mine. So for a moment, I want us to take an assessment of how we're doing. And so for us to do that, I think we need to be honest with ourselves. And so I'm going to ask you, and I've asked myself these questions, and I want you to internalize them. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to take some of these just simple questions into your life this week. Question number one, would the people who live nearest to you categorize you as a complaining person or a thankful person? Man, Ryan, you had to start there? Yeah, I know. How would... I didn't ask how you would categorize yourself, Ryan. How would others? How would they categorize you? Just take the test. Just internalize it. Number two, when was the last time you sat down to literally count your blessings? Number three, when was the last time you spent time grumbling, moaning, and complaining about life? Man, Ryan, when was the last time you counted your blessings? Uh, i got to think about that one. Last time I complained? Okay, move on. Number four. When you look at your world, are you pessimistic about everything that is going wrong? Number five. When you look at your world, do you find yourself celebrating God's common grace? Number six. Do you view yourself as one who has been constantly shortchanged or neglected? Obviously, the opposite of that was do you view yourself as one who has been unfairly showered with blessings? We didn't deserve any of it, guys. We deserve it like a fire. Number eight, how often do you fill in the blank with grumbling? Like, if only I had. Or I wish was different. And then the final question, how often do you fill in the blank with gratitude? Like, I cannot believe God has given me. So can I challenge us as a church? Can I challenge us as believers in Christ? If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the beginning of gratitude starts with Christ. 
got to get a new heart. New spirit within us. Because that fallen heart, that fallen spirit, that dead man, that's going to just despise the world. But as believers, and as a church, Ryan, can we be thankful? Can we impact our world with a little bit of gratitude for common graces? Man, we've gotten there. But if not, then just start with the cross. Start with the gospel. And simply say thank you. Your head bowed, your eye closed.